The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show. Glad to have you all along with us. Today, we're going to delve into a subject we haven't talked about, leather houses. And we're going to do so with a very good friend of mine and her slave who happens to be the captain of this house as we take a look inside the House of Kinky Misfits. Mama Celestia is a cis female neurodivergent M-type that uses she, her, they pronouns in the leather community with over a decade of experience. She is the head of the House of Kinky Misfits. Mama Celestia has served the Austin, Texas community when she was a slave, and now as an M-type, she serves her New York and beyond community in various ways, from book clubs to mass chapter director, presenting on leather households, blogging, and being an admin to lifestyle groups on Facebook. She is an advocate for mental health and wellness within the community and in her house. When she's not in the public eye, she enjoys living a blessed life with her two children, sacred spouse, and the household they have built together. Joining her is Slave Valkyrie. Slave Valkyrie is a cis female neurodivergent slave that uses she, her, they pronouns as and identifies as a skillet sexual. She has been serving the leather community for over 30 years from podcasts, TikToks, and moderating lifestyle groups on Facebook, mentoring, and more. Slave Valkyrie is the captain slave of the House of Kinky Misfits and is all about sibling growth, team building, and making the constellation of siblings shine alongside her for the betterment of themselves and the house. When the slave is not in the public eye, she honors Odin by singing Nordic songs to her owner's youngest child and enjoys the role of being nanny and being at her owner's feet. Now, Mama Celestia and Slave Valkyrie talking leather on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. Mama Celestia, first time you donned a leather vest and you were feeling putting it on. First time I donned a leather vest and the feeling that I had when I put it on, it was a weight of responsibility. Um, I don't think it actually sunk in like what it meant when I put on my leather vest for the first time. I think I was caught up in the emotions of, oh my God, I actually earned it. Oh my God, what did I do? Um, and oh my God, then I have to like, you know, I have to be worthy of this vest every time I put it on. Um, so that's like my second skin. I've earned that, you know, by my family, by my community. And that meant something to me and that they believed in me. They saw what I was doing as, as good as positive. And that's a lot of like, wow, responsibility. So I definitely was just in awe that I, I was surprised and blessed with my, my best. Um, but I was even more like, wow, they, they, they think I can actually continue on in, in this greatness that they see me as. 
Um, so that's that. It was a lot of like, woo, but also, oh shit. <laughs> Slave Valkyrie, first time you ever submitted to someone and your emotions going through it. Well, that was back many, many moons ago when I was in my first service. And um, it was pretty emotional, but it seemed almost automatic. It was just how it was. You know, the connection that I had with my master was overwhelming. So it was very automatic, but a lot of caring within it. Celestia, first time because you started as a slave and became an M-type, first time you donned a collar and what it meant to you? Um, so my collar, when I wore one, was very hard fought, hard pressed, um, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, to get to that point, to be honored not only by my master, but also the house mistress with my collar, the collar that my mistress had worn when she was a slave, let me know that I actually made it. I made it by not just master's standard, but her standard to accept that collar and to, you know, be found worthy. That meant the world to me that I had made it the hard road and been found worthy by the people who had chosen to even consider me. Valkyrie, the first time you donned a collar given to you by Mama Celestia. Oh, tears. Absolute tears. Had no clue. She told me to take a knee before, you know, my master as well. And the next thing I felt was go around my neck. And it was safety. It was home. Something I had not felt in years. So, yeah, it was, oh, all the emotions of Christmas Eve when you were a kid and you know, graduation day and everything you had coming up all in one big ball. It was, it was phenomenal. It was very phenomenal. Celestia, the first time you opened the door to a house of your own and realized that this was home for you. When I decided to form a house of my own, to form a home of my own um, and step into that leadership role, um, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing other than I wanted a place for my misfits. Um, and I remember starting off with this idealized kind of like, Hey, let's all just be good people. Um, and as time and trials and challenges have arose, you know, my house has evolved as I have evolved. Um, it's one thing looking from the outside in leading a, you know, when master leads a house, it looked really easy leading one myself, I was like, oh, well, shit, this is hard. Um, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. I don't regret a moment for opening my doors and forming my leather poly household. When we return on what women and other wonderful humans want, we will open up the doors wider to the house of kinky misfits and understand a little bit more about what a leather household is about when we come back. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hi folks. 
Key Barrett here, and I've got a question for you. Do you think your wife or girlfriend makes the best decisions and you want to support her any way you can? Ladies, do you think your partner works best when they're told exactly what you want? You both might be looking for a female-led relationship. From mild to wild, these strong relationships have one thing in common, satisfaction. Read Surrender Submit Server on Audible, Kindle, and Paperback today to start your female-led journey. And good luck. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the show, joined by Mama Celestia and Slave Valkyrie of the House of Kinky Misfits. And Celestia, first of all, where did the name come from? House of Kinky Misfits or Mama Celestia? I'll go with the House of Kinky Misfits, and we might talk about that a little later. Um, so the House of Kinky Misfits, um, I was actually like listening to a song, um, and it's a song that um, I ascribe to my senior most slave, Sin, um, and it says, it's all right if you're a misfit. And um, when I look around my house, we're not textbook perfect. Um, we are a bunch of misfits. A lot of my people in my house have neurodivergencies, um, disabilities, health concerns, immunodefi- you know, immune, com- compromised immune systems. Um, they're, they're misfits. Um, you know, they come to me in different ways. A lot of them have had failed dynamics, toxic dynamics, um, dynamics where they weren't valued. Um, and they, they just always wanted to fit. It was like the Isle of Misfit Toys, um, you know, Rudolph and all of these, these, these people needed a home, all those toys needed a home. And that was important to me to find my people and my misfits and, you know, have a place for us to belong. Um, being a female dominant and being that I started as a slave, it's a lot more uncommon now than it was in years past. Um, so I got a lot of flack from that. So I was kind of a misfit myself. Um, I would have a lot of people attack me. So I too was a misfit. So it just fit. We were the house of kinky misfits and we, we were going to make an aisle for our own toys. <laughs> Having visited you when you lived in your former home before you moved down to Pennsylvania as you have, I did notice as soon as I walked in that it's definitely a house of love, but it's very much a house of teaching. Explain to me how important that is to you. Education is so vitally important. Um, as when I was a slave, you know, I didn't think about the lessons I had been taught initially. Um, you know, I was always like, why do we have to know it? Why? Um, and as the years went on, we do need to learn the, these, these educational keys. Um, not everyone can swing a flogger or throw a whip. There's places where you shouldn't do that. Um, there's ways to hit a cane. There's a place to hit a cane and not cause you know harm. Um, but we should also know our history, where we came from in the lifestyle, who came before us in the lifestyle. Um, there are many masters and mistresses, men and women who have paved the way just so we could do what we do right now in this time without like having the police storm in our doors, not having our kids taken away um, and being able to do that with a level of autonomy that we so choose and consent for ourselves. So the education portion for me is absolutely vital um, because I wanna raise up a better community and I want my misfits to walk forward knowing that they have roots in deep tradition and history and they have wings to carry it forward. Slave Valkyrie, how has this education helped you personally? Well, when I came to the house, I've been an educator within the community for a good 20 years. And that was one of the draws. Um, within this, we have studied books and spoke and went to class. You know, we do, we do our thing. And I've grown and learned so much, so much that I didn't know authors that I didn't read before or 
the connections are so vast with this family that we're able to kind of outreach between each other and kind of touch home. It's I've, I've grown so much in my service to this house, but that's what drew me to this house. This is what caused the petition was an education house. And, you know, I grew up, I came from a leather family. So that was vital for me that that continued. Mama Celestia, when you started this house, did you have a, an absolute goal or a theme that you wanted to make sure was paramount? Family. The, I wanted a family. I wanted us to be a family um, no matter what. Like I have students now that have been with me for almost two years um, that have not moved with us and they are still family. They still belong to House of Kinky Misfits. They will still visit. They still, we still visit them. They are still my family. And I think that's, if there was a goal or a theme, it was family. We are, we are a family. We are one unit. And that actually goes beyond just the leather community. You have developed a family there. We hear your littlest one back in the background, which I think is a lovely, joyous sound. What is it like having kids around the family? Because I know that they feel like everyone is a part of the family. How is it helping them? Um, so when we, we always had my oldest um, DNA. And, you know, so everyone was pretty solid when he came in. He's, you know, he was eight years old. We didn't have to change diapers. <laughs> we, no one had to get up at 4 a.m. So when um, DEA came <laughs> along, um, it was a growing, a growing point for all of us. Um, I had to figure out my new mommy schedule with being mistress 24 seven. Um, some members of the house had never even been around a baby that small, including Sir Jeep. Um, so it was definitely a growing experience, but also it brought us even closer because that's our babies, DNA and DEA. They, they love, you know, just how like unconditionally, um, everyone plays a part in, in their, their like, upbringing um it's part of our house rules you know you are part of this child's life be a positive influence make their world better because ultimately like they they can't consent to anything we do as adults and they don't need to be part of that or see that ever um but they do need to feel the love that we have for each other and for them and that is so important that it is based on love and uh, Slave Valkyrie, you actually work uh, part-time as a nanny for uh, the, the newest member of the, uh, the home and the house. How much joy do you get out of that? I tell you what, that is the best part of my day. I'm his nanny. I title like grandma nanny, not the other. <laughs> he looks at me and smiles and he'll grab onto my collar. And I mean, he, he, he feels a part of me that was missing. And everybody in this, this house has, so it's like puzzle pieces. But in, in the oldest, he's like, Nanny, can I give you a hug? And I mean, I, he'll try to give me a fake hug. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want none of that. Give me a real one. He'll take my breath away. You know, I mean, they're as much a part of my day as anything else. I mean, I couldn't love them any more than if they had my DNA. They're as much a part of me as the air I breathe. Celestia, can you take me through a typical day in the life of the house typical day in the life of a house um so with valkyrie mistress and master get to sleep in a little bit later so we usually get up around 10 a.m um valkyrie's been up for about maybe between an hour to two hours with the youngest um when we come down and when other siblings come down um the alpha slave goes up um to do her morning ritual and to get ready for her service day um so because there's so many of us in the house, um, you know, we have to figure out who's showering when. So Valkyrie is our first shower in the morning. Um, me and Master or me and um, one of the others will be the last one to shower at night. Um, you know, Ira stays is home most of the time. So she's a midday shower. Um, Rhiannon, she showers prior to work, you know, so there's the schedule where who's in service and around and present to Master and, and Mistress and who's trying to get that self-care time in, workbook time in. Um, but a typical day, we wake up, we get our coffee. Um, I usually have eggs or toast or both. Um, 
extra butter on that toast. <laughs> yes, Valkyrie. Um, if I have to go out, um, one of the slaves set my my foundation, putting my boots on and kissing the, the Achilles heel of it. Um, I am the primary cook. So, you know, the oldest gets home around two something. We, we do homework. Um, one of our, um, my boy puppy, he's great. Um, he's a, that, that is his, his, his go-to like with homework it, it, it's puppy one puppy is here. Um, and then oldest goes up and plays, you know, computer games. We start making dinner. Um, we all sit down at our table for dinner. Um, everyone stands until I say otherwise, or master says otherwise. Um, and then they don't eat until we take our first bite. Um, unless you're under a certain age, you have to be this tall to sit down and eat whenever you want. <laughs> um, and from there, you know, it's after dinner, we're cleaning up, we have evening chores. Um, Sergeep comes home, our evening work workers come home, they get their plates and they eat. And then, um, there's some connection time. Sometimes we all, we just sit at the kitchen table and we're all just talking and discussing and goofing off and having a good time. Sometimes we go sit and we watch TV until two o'clock in the morning. Um, as Valkyrie's dancing over here, um, because, you know, Valkyrie loves Vikings. And, um, so that's part of something we do, um, a couple nights a week is we go sit and watch TV as a group. And then we go to re, you know, shower, go to bed, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we haven't talked about is how many people are in the house, both actually in the house and then as a full family, as you mentioned, because not everybody is in the actual house. So how big is the house of kinky misfits? So if I'm including those who don't live in the house, there are 14 of us. Wow. Um, so there's 14 of us and then in the house we have eight adults and two kids three. Oh, that's right because <laughs> Rhiannon's and son so my numbers are off it's actually 14 people and three kids um, Brianna's son is coming to live with us in Pennsylvania. We're super excited about that. That's awesome. And the other thing I haven't talked about because I know him, uh, from my visit up there is Sir Jeep. You are not alone in leading this house. No. Um, so we have command level staff, um, which actually is a bigger thing that most people see. Um, so command level staff are actually me. Sir Jeep and Master Necros. Um, we are command level dominance of our house. We are the HOHs and co-HOHs. Um, and under us, we have our team of alpha and betas. Um, we have our female alpha and beta, and we have our male alpha and beta as well. Um, and their work is vastly different. And they are our shields and our first line of like, hey, let's get stuff done. Um, so, and then everybody comes down from that. So our command structure is pretty solid and um, divided pretty evenly and pretty well right now. Valkyrie, how does that structure help you and the other slaves? Well, I'll tell you, being the alpha, female alpha and captain, it's, it's, it works, but you, it's a learning curve, you know? I mean, you can have that title, but you gotta remember it's a family thing, but it's, you know, you earn the respect and their love. And, you know, like I told them, I have a toolbox of years of experience. Here's my tools. Use them. Can I have a back? Because I need a back. But here, you know, and, and it's a family unit. I mean, I hate to think about it like that, but they're more like my actual siblings. Like, you know, I love them. I mean, you know, I have one that we talk like we're teenagers and I have another one that, you know, we're always throwing stuff at each other. I mean, it's so, and having the alpha beta thing, my beta is phenomenal. She is a yin to my yang. If I can't say it, she will. And if I can't say it right, she's going to say it for me. So I'm not saying it wrong. And it, it works really good. And also the, the male alpha and beta, it's phenomenal. It's, it's a wonderful working team. And I'm proud as a captain to be at the top of that. I'm proud of every one of them. Celestia, I talked about the word structure. And you had mentioned that they, 
the members of this house are definitely misfits of one kind or another, and they are not perfect. Mm-hmm. How much goes into working with people that definitely need that kind of structure? Um, so it's a full-time job. I am, I am full-time mistress. I don't, I don't get a day off. Um, and everybody's structure is different. So what I assign for slave era is not what I assign slave Valkyrie is not what I'm going to assign to, um, boy Miska or, or puppy. Um, so I have to tailor everybody's structure to them, but then I also have to make sure that the structure is working. If the structure is not working, we need to fix it and you need to tweak it. We need to find, you know, ways around. Um, and, um, Sometimes that includes behavior modification, which again, requires consistency on my part, requires me to be upfront and present and doing the work that I have to, to make sure that everyone's in line. So I can assign something like our workbook is due weekly, but if I don't say anything, how many of them are going to turn in that workbook? So I'm kind of like mom and teacher and mistress all at once. Like, Hey guys, you know, it's day where are workbooks. Um, and some of them are really good. Like my, my, my male beta and my female alpha are great. Boom. Here's your workbook. Slave era is great. Boom. Here's your, here's my workbook, ma'am. Um, and some of them I have to be like, Hey, let's, let's work on this workbook. Where is it? I haven't seen it in like two weeks. So structure has to be personalized and I need to be on top of it all the time. Um, I have to, so it's a full-time job. Structure is not for the kept dominant. Or as, you know, I'm not sure if it's PC anymore, but the lazy dominant. What? (laughs) Quotations. I I saw that. The workbook. This sounds fascinating. And you mentioned it so many times. I have to ask, what is this workbook? So it's actually Christine Parker's or Slaybet's Where Am I Live Service Exploration Workbook. Um, I did it as a slave. I've redone it when I became a switch and I've redone it as a mistress. Um, I, I love it. It's a great way to track your progress, your thought process through the years. Um, it's 52 weeks. So you can go through it in a year. Um, I love reading my, my, my slave and my submissives commentary and their thought processes. Um, so you have a thought of the week, which normally like your guidepost, it usually is a, a concept like determination. It gives a little quote about it. Tell me your thoughts. And so they'll write out their thoughts. See, look at Valkyrie. She actually turned hers in this week. Um, and she does every week, should I say. Um, so you have your guidepost. Like last, her week this week was guidepost eight, con- contentment. When you are content to simply be yourself and do not compare or compete, everyone will respect you. And then they write about that and what their thought processes is. is. Um, and then they have two thoughts of the week. What are quotes or thought processes that have come to um, Slavette's mind or a quote that she's found? And then there is a writing assignment. Um, my favorite one to read is actually week one's writing assignment, which is three fictional characters um, that they, you know, think of, you know, and, and emulate when it comes to submission and surrender and slavery. Um, and it's vast, the answers that have been given in the house. And I love reading that one. It's my favorite. So Slave Valkyrie, bring us into this character world. What were the things that you have based your slave character on? Well, it's funny because when she said it, I got the workbook. I've done it three times. It's my third time. So I had to look at it a little differently. And I came up one of my the other ones, of course, were Disney, you know, fictional, whatever, Merida, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting there, I was like, who? Who? And it's Snoopy. And, and he, because he's always got Chuck's back, no matter what. And he's always trying to help everybody in Woodstock and have, help everybody out. And and that's kind of who I am. You know, when I was given the name Valkyrie, it, it was fitting because you carry the souls to Valhalla of the Warriors. You know, and I try to teach them leather and come on home. I promise you there's a place for everybody here. And, you know, to me, you know, leather is Valhalla on earth. So it's, it kind of works. So 
But yeah, mine was Snoopy. My, my, my favorite one was Snoopy. And of course, she laughed at me because that's what I do. Da, 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 da. But no, it, that the workbook is phenomenal. It, it makes you think. And I'm a writer as well. So I love getting those challenges to write and be able to kind of express how I feel. But, you know, we do it all the time. And I promise you, this third time is so different than the first time I did it. It's way different than the second time. I've evolved from a submissive to a slave. So there's a lot of differences, but it's very effective. It's very effective. When we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we're going to go from the writing to the stories when we return. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. The Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. This is Tanya Tate. And have you listened to my podcast? Tanya Tate presents MILFs Making Money. I share a whole lot of positivity, tips and tools on how myself and other women in the adult industry make money on premium social media platforms. If you want to hear me interview many different guests, then get yourself over there, milfsmakingmoney.com. And you can also search my name, MILF's Making Money on all of your usual podcast platforms. And if you enjoyed listening to What Women Want podcast, make sure you get yourself over and subscribe to my podcast, MILFsMakingMoney.com. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want as we are joined by Mama Celestia and Slave Valkyrie, both from the leather household of the House of Kinky Misfits. Celestia, I remember coming up to visit your home for a collaring ceremony and saw the absolute emotion and reverence that that ceremony held in the lives of both you and the submissive who was being collared. Explain to me the beautiful essence of what that is and why it means so much in the leather community. Um. A lot of people don't like the example of comparing it to a wedding ring, like a wedding ring. I, I think it cheapens it, honestly, to call it a wedding ring. Um, the work that has gone into these power exchange dynamics um, just within my house, and I'm sure others would agree, um, it takes a lot of time and commitment. This is, you've gone through the good, the bad, the ugly, you've, you've processed, you know, you've worked on your own shadow, your own um, insecurities. There is consent, there's clear lines, there's negotiated terms um, where those don't happen in vanilla aspects. And so to get to the point where you're collaring on both sides of the slash, um, the girl, you know, slave sin is still in my collar um, to this day. And 
for us to have gotten there, like she has seen me in my lowest, I've seen her at her lowest. We've rallied together and got um, the physical, you know, house through a lot of things over the years. And, you know, that matters to know that I, my slave has my back and I have theirs. And so when we get to that point, like it's, it's the journey to say, we made it to this point. Now let's go for forever. And that's what that collar means. That steel ring says it's forever. You know, <laughs> till death do us part is the goal, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just so sacred and so powerful. Can you give me, and I'm not going to call it a favorite story, but one that resonates and will resonate with our audience of the change you've seen from when someone walks in the door to where they are now, the transformation that has occurred and the pride that you have in that transformation? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Oh, I'm going to actually pick on slave Rhiannon. Um, so I've known Rhiannon for quite a bit now and um, we've been friends. Um, we often talked prior to her becoming a member of the house, you know, about slave things because I have a history as being a slave and I was, I was trained in, in, in an older style um, way of thinking. Um, so we connected on that level. She started coming around for book club and um, other educationals I was, I was having um, and just kind of hung around. And so we connected on that friendship level. And then we started connecting on a romantic level, um, which was fine for her dominant at the time. Um, but when she ended that dynamic and Sergi gave her that time and space to like process and then she came in, um, that, that purge within her system to really go from, I'm just a whole, I'm just a whore, um, I'm just a hue cow, to I'm a whole being, I'm a cherished slave, um, I can be loved for the whole of my parts, um, just to hold her, like, last night really was moving for me, um, because it it was a final break from her and her, her previous owner. Um, he returned the last of her things to her and she came, went onto the futon and started, you know, crying that last bit out. And I curled up with her and put her on my lap and she goes, you guys really love me, don't you? And I'm like, yes, baby, you love all of me, don't you? Yes. Um, and just for her to realize that she's loved as a human here you know, it doesn't matter her role, we loved her first and foremost before a dynamic ever became a reality. And honestly, that's the story of a lot of my people, a lot of my slaves. Um, you know, Slave Era had, the, had a very similar story. Slave Sin had a very similar story. Slave Valkyrie had a very similar story. Um, and, you know, that's what I love. I love when my people come into their fullness and understand that they're humans. They're humans with thoughts and emotions and these frailties and infallibilities and are found wanted and found loved. In all the shows that I've done so far, at least with people in the kink community, it's been about specific scenes and specific moments. I'd like both of you to talk about this next thing because this is a 24 seven, 365 situation. You never leave it. It is a constant part of both of you. Valkyrie, I'm going to ask you to start. Is there ever a time when you have doubted what's going on and then realized this is exactly what you needed? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's been a struggle here this week. Okay. Not so much doubting what's going on, but doubting myself. Um, I had gotten sick and had to say, <clears throat> can I go lay down? Which I don't ever go lay down. And I was worried that I wasn't doing enough, that my service was wavering. And I wanted to make sure that I was everything they needed. And I was holding up to my end of the bargain. And I'm not used to being that cherished slave. 
I, I trained very hardcore and, you know, you're just a slave. And if I ever say that, I get in so much trouble. You know, I'm never just a slave. I'm their slave. And I was trained, you couldn't be loved. And um, you couldn't love. Well, guess what? Valkyrie's loving today and gets love. Promise you. I have a whole bed. I ain't never had one of those. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I, I, I have those moments. I'm human. And, and I have to remember that. And I'll get to where I can't breathe. And I'm just like spinning. And Master will come over and hug me. And he's like, you're okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, it's fine. It's not fine. And then it's fine. You know, they get here, get at my feet, and lay your head down and just breathe. And, and know every day, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Master told me this was my retirement home. I said, what? So my little sister said it was assisted living. I'm assisting them to live. I was like, I'm 50, not 500. But he told me he was going to give me a life support forever. I wasn't leaving. And so that's, that's a good thing. And, you know, so even in the struggles, you know, that's, that's a you thing. It's not a family thing. And uh, we all just kind of stick together and talk it out. Siblings, owners you know, or whoever, you just kind of, so yeah, I struggle all the time, but I'm better. I get better. <laughs> Celestia, it's one thing to have a family with some children in it. It's another thing to have a family with so many adults and children in it. How do you keep the endurance to keep going because people are always needing something from you? Um, I'm going to say caffeine, um, but actually like, I don't know what to do when, when the world is quiet and the world is calm. Um, I'm like, what do I do with myself? Um, so I, you know, beyond my house, I, I, I do other activities. I, I lead in the community and I event coordinate, um, in the community. So, I'm always busy, but it, I feel like that busyness is for a purpose. You know, when my people need me, when my house needs me, whether it be, you know, the nine month old or the 50 year olds, um, it's, I'm, I'm being useful. Um, you know, it's part of my calling. Um, it's part of what I signed up for. Um, and if my house didn't believe in me, I wouldn't have this many people. So I need to step up to the expectation of the standard that they believe me to be. So I don't know. I just, I, I do it. There's something like, I, I don't use the spoon theory when it comes to units of energy, you know, of self energy. I use cup um, because it's kind of like Hercules. That one last drop is in there somewhere. <laughs> I can get it, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to have a family of adults that when ma'am needs to sleep, when mistress needs to sleep, I can sleep. And then they'll be like, ma'am, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> oh yeah. I should probably wake up now. <laughs> um, but they hold down the fort. Um, so that's, this, you know, I just, I don't know. It's something in me that says move forward. And on those rough days, there's caffeine and nicotine. I'm going to finish with this Valkyrie. Tell me what Mama Celestia means to you. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. She means everything to me. She's my best friend. She's my ma'am. She's everything. She is my rock. And she helps me walk through this life in a way I couldn't have seen before. She makes me feel loved and wanted and cared for. She is my world, the air I breathe. That's what Mama Celestia is to me. Celestia, could you have ever imagined having not only Valkyrie, but so many people love you the way that they do and to have this whole world around you in a world where people are sometimes pairing off two by two, you have this amazing world of 14 around you what does that mean to you it means that i've done something right um i was always rebel to the idea of monogamy i didn't understand why i had to love just one person um and to have so many that love me not just these 14 
Um, but I have sibling houses, me and my parent house still love each other. You know, so if I put the numbers together, there's like 50 that I would call family in some form that, that have loved me and still love me. And to have that when I didn't have it growing up, you know, is so like indescribable. They're my everything, you know? So when the house in, you know, when, when, when the sister houses in Pennsylvania say, Hey, we need someone to help build a barn guess what? Da, da, da. We're going to go build a barn because that's what our families need. You know, when this, when my parent house in Texas calls and says, Hey, you know, we're kind of struggling. Can you do that? I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way. Um, my family is my world. I didn't have it growing up. So I was going to damn well create it so that I, no one else would get to feel what I felt growing up. I wanted love. I wanted magic. I wanted conscious choice to be part of my family. And I feel like I've created that. And that makes me very happy. And just my heart grows when I see it. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that's very important to know about your house and the leather community that I haven't touched on? I feel like Valkyrie says it best, you know, we may be called the house of kinky misfits, but leather is is misfits um we come in all shapes sizes colors polka dots you know some of us wear costumes with fur some of us wear leather some of us wear onesies and tutus but we're we're this group of people the alternative lifestylers who want to live a life that's built on consent and conscious exchange of power and and be there for each other and the power behind the community when it rallies together is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And having that is so vital. So when people, I think, go, oh, well, we're not leather. We are all leather. One community. You know, some of us wear leather. Cool. Some of us wear lace. But we are one community. And I don't care if they are sucking on a pacifier and they wear a onesie. If they need me to show up and, you know, help paint their house, that's part of my community. And we need to stop making those dividing lines of who, you know, well, I'm not part of this or I'm not part of that. We're one community. We started from one community, we're one community. Let's get back to unifying ourselves because, you know, we've got battles going on and it doesn't need to be that way. Leather is about being inclusive and it always has been. You know, our ancestors fought hard, died hard for us to be what we are today. And we are a group of misfits. Something I love about Ohio and having walked into some of the dungeons there and seeing all of us just combined to be our community matters. And more people need to understand and get back on that bandwagon, in my opinion. Um, for the House of Kinky Misfits, this is work. Don't form a house half-baked. It is work day in, day out. And there are struggles. Absolutely. Do we fight? Absolutely. Are there days where I'm like, y'all done fucked up? <clears throat> Absolutely. Are there days that my slaves do not like me? Absolutely. But the commitment for us to work through it is more than the sum of any problem we amount, we come to. And so if I would leave anybody, you know, our listeners to anything is, if you're going to form a house, know what you're getting into because it's not for the weak hearted by any means on any side of the slash. Valkyrie? You know, that's, that's the one thing I think I'm big on leather. I walked in and I was home. I knew I was because I fit and I never fit before because I, I was different. I was a, somebody that liked to serve. I like to roll underwear the way you're supposed to. And I like to do stuff and I knew I fit there. But what people, I want really people to understand is when you're in a house, especially like this big, where you've got a lot of live-ins, you got to step out of the fantasy. We're not running around naked with chains all day long doing whatever. We, we, we got to take care of babies and, you know, drive people to work and cook dinner. And, and we, we got clothes on. We ain't doing all that other stuff. I mean, that's, that's all the icing on it. But it's still a family. It's still a unit. And that's the reality of it. We're not just sitting on our knees waiting to serve. We absolutely are not. We're still human. And 
I think a lot of times in the community, they get stuck on the fantasy. They get stuck on something they've seen or they've heard, you know, because at the end of the day, when you leave a convention, you come home to reality. Clothes have to be folded. You know, we all poop, all that stuff. We're normal people. And I think people need to realize that, you know, being a member of the kink in this house has been phenomenal, but she's right. You've got mood swings everywhere. You got this one. Don't, you know what I mean? You have that just like a regular family, but keep with, keep the fantasy out of it and keep the reality. And, you know, leather is a place to be. We, we, we love all of you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how things happen. And, and if you hold true to that flag, and remember, people die for that flag, and you hold true to what it is, you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. I really appreciate the time that both of you have taken to help me and our listeners understand a little bit more about this thing called leather. I really appreciate you all both taking the time, and uh, I look forward to seeing you very soon, my pilot, as we will as I call you, because uh, you always take me on amazing trips whenever we see each other. And I do appreciate that. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, absolutely. You know, get you the first boarding pass I can to Celestia Airlines. We thank you for joining us for this very special edition of the program. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.